Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Is it justified to go nuclear when somebody destroys your Lego set? We'll get to that in a bit, but first, I logged into my ex's work email and told everyone at work what he said about them. I should have known my ex-boyfriend was trouble when he badmouthed his ex-girlfriend to me on the second date, but I was too stupid to register that as a huge red flag. I'm an attorney now, but when all these happened, he was a junior associate in the law firm we met at, and I was an intern in law school. He asked me out barely after two months of working there. I was surprised when he did because I knew he used to be engaged to one of the senior associates. Their relationship and eventual engagement was widely known, so I didn't think he would still want to date someone who works in the firm after their engagement had ended. I didn't even think it was a good idea to date someone who had just gotten out of a relationship, but I was flattered that one of the known lawyers at the firm was interested in me. I was also flattered seeing as the woman he was with was older, very beautiful, and smart. I just thought if someone who had been with that kind of woman wanted to be with me, then I had hit a jackpot. I was very wrong. He remains to this day the strangest guy I've ever met and dated. He was a two-faced pathological liar. Our first date was dinner at a fine restaurant. He looked just handsome in the black suit he wore, and I looked just as dapper in my green lacy dress. I thought, wow, we were going to be a power couple if this worked out. When he saw me, he complimented my dress and said it suits the color of my eyes. Then he asked if we could take a picture together. I was pleased and we smiled at the camera as he held it up. After the first click, he tapped on his cheeks and signaled for me to kiss his cheek for the photo. I thought that was strange. Taking kissy photos was something you did with a guy with whom you're exclusive, especially if you're going to post it on social media. I figured he wouldn't post it, but that night when I returned home, I saw that he had posted those pictures on Facebook and had tagged me in them. I didn't know how to react to that, so I just commented with cute emojis and made a mental note to tell my friends what had happened the next morning. I had to know that I was the only one who thought it was weird that he would do that. When I told my two best friends, one of them let out a happy noise. Oh my goodness, that's cute! Usually most guys want to hide that they're with you. I think it's a good sign that this one's eager to show the world that you're together. My other friend frowned and disagreed. They're not together though, and that is THE problem. I think posting your significant other on social media shows commitment, but heck, they have to be your significant other first. I nodded in agreement with my second friend. Look, if you're not comfortable with it, just tell them to take it down, the first friend offered. I said, I don't know guys, I don't want to think too much about it. I mean, what if he didn't mean for it to be romantic? What if it was just a friendly picture? I mean, that was a harmless cheek kiss. It isn't like I had my tongue in his throat. I didn't want to be rushed into a relationship, but I also didn't want to make a big deal out of nothing. But you would have your tongue in his throat soon enough though, my friend teased and we roared in laughter. If you like him, just let it go and see what may come out of it. My ex and I went on our second date later that week, and he just could not shut up about his ex. 
He said she was controlling and domineering, that she was just two years older and wanted to take charge of his life. She told him often that he was stupid and not as smart, brilliant, or rich as she is. At first, I felt bad for him. He kept going at it. So I kept going from feeling bad to feeling irritated. I just asked him how long they ended their engagement, and he went into a long, unending rant. He probably noticed I was horrified because when he took me back home, he apologized for his behavior and promised to never ruin our date again. To compensate for his behavior, he asked to take me to the same restaurant again. We'll have the same meals and do everything we did today, minus my woe is me tales. I laughed and agreed. I thought it was sweet for him to do that. Many men are very insensitive about these things and never even notice when they've done something wrong. But he knew something was wrong and wanted to make up for it quickly. That endeared him to me. In no time, my ex and I started dating exclusively. He said though that he wanted to keep his relationship out of the workplace because of what happened with his ex. We hung out together regularly and he had all the pictures on his Facebook, with me tagged of course. But at work, we barely ever spoke to each other and we went to work events separately. I noticed about a month later that his ex-girlfriend had resigned from the firm. I didn't understand why she would do that. She had made a strong name for herself at the firm. She was firmly established and was well on her way to making partner. I mentioned it to my ex when I was in his and he laughed a dry mocking laughter. She deserves it, he said with a shrug. Deserves what? Was she fired? I asked curiously. It had to be that she was fired because no one would abandon a flourishing career like hers. It would make more sense if she was fired. He said no, but she had to leave. The managing partner's trying to prevent their affair from getting out. I'm sure he made her turn in her resignation. The managing partner? Isn't he married, I said? My point exactly. I shook my head. She doesn't seem like the type of woman who would go out with a married man. He rolled his eyes and said, She's the Olivia Pope of that firm. They were having an affair even while we were engaged. And she cleans up his dirt. I gasped and covered my mouth with my hand almost immediately. Babe, I'm sorry. I didn't know she cheated on you. Oh, it's fine. She's gone now. He then went on to call her names. He called her the B word and went on and on about how she was evil and deserved whatever evil befell her. I knew he sounded bitter about it and had before that day been worried about how he cursed and mocked her whenever she comes up in conversations. But when I found out that she cheated, I understood why he was so bitter. Still, I wished he would let it go. Out of curiosity, I looked up his ex on Facebook and saw that she had updated her profile to reflect where she was working. She had gotten a job at a bigger law firm in the heart of the city. Wow, I exclaimed before explaining the reason for my exclamation. He took my phone from me and saw the update. Who knows who she had to sleep with to get this job, he asked, letting out a fake chuckle. I faked a laugh too, but I was clearly irritated by his comment. His ex, no doubt, was a brilliant lawyer. She may have cheated on him, but there was no way she couldn't have landed that job with just her brilliance and expertise. I discussed my ex's obsession with cursing out his ex, and they both swore that he was still in love with her. He's either still fiercely interested in her, or he's just a silly misogynist, one of them said. Yeah, who still goes about trying to put women's hard work down by claiming they slept with men? That's so lame. I asked my friends, do you think I should say something? I mean, I understand that she cheated, but he's taking it too far. They both agreed that I needed to confront my ex about the constant disparaging comments he made about his ex fiance 
What I left out of the conversation with my friends was that my ex was like that with nearly everyone. He complained about his mother. He said that she was mean and wouldn't give him money to clear a student loan. His assistant was slow. His co-associates were jealous of him. And all the female assistants were in love with him. I left it out because I didn't think it was a big deal. Couples gossip, but it had become too extreme. It was almost like whenever my ex and I got together, he had something disparaging to say about someone and everyone. One night, my ex was out buying us food, and I found his phone lying around. I picked it up and decided to snoop. It's funny now how at the time I felt very guilty about doing it, but now I'm so grateful that I snooped. It turned out that my ex had been on Facebook sending his ex several messages begging her to get back together with him. He was such a creep about the way he went about it too. He would send her messages, calling her names, and then the next minute, he would send another message begging her to come together. As if it wasn't enough that he was humiliating me, constantly posting pictures of us on Facebook while privately begging her to return to him, he was telling her dreadful things about me. He told her that I could never be like her. He said that I wasn't as smart and that my body wasn't so soft. He even called me immature. In some other places, he would tell her she was jealous because he'd gotten a younger girlfriend and then he would turn around to promise to end things with me if she just agreed to get back together with him. From what I read in their chats, it was he who cheated. He cheated on her and proposed afterward. She forgave him, but he went about telling people that she cheated. The revelation was so shocking. I couldn't confront him because I didn't want him to know that I snooped. But I also couldn't handle him coming in and pretending everything was fine. When he came back, I lied that one of my friends had an emergency and rushed back to my apartment. Back at my apartment, I cried. I wondered what other terrible things he would have said to her about me. I felt very stupid. All the while, I thought he was the victim, and I felt bad for him and wondered how much he would have been hurt to harbor so much bitterness in his heart toward her. My second best friend was not surprised when I told her. I assured them that I was going to get my pound of flesh, and I did. I went over to his house for the weekend, and I ensured he had a lot to drink, just enough to make sure he sleeps deeply while I use his phone. I also mentioned that I would be in the living room working on an assignment, so he doesn't think too much about not feeling me next to him. After he had gone to sleep, I picked up his phone from the dressing table and tiptoed into the living room where I logged into his work email and saw the emails from most people at work. I remembered them all from our conversations and all that he had said about them. I started sending everyone what he honestly thought about them. I told his assistant that he, I pretended to be him, thought she was extremely slow. I wrote her that she would never find a boyfriend or get married because she's weird and had better stick to her numerous cats. I sent an email to the managing partner calling him a runt for having an affair with his coworker and making fun of his bald head and beer belly. I sent a message to one of the other associates who he claimed was jealous of him, asking why he was such an envious person. I sent another message to another associate telling her that he knew she was crazy about him. I sent messages to nearly everyone at the firm. The only ones who didn't get a message were the ones whose names I couldn't recognize or whose email addresses I couldn't find. Lastly, I sent a text to his ex telling her that he's a sore, pathetic loser, congratulating her on her engagement and ensuring her that she dodged a bullet. When I texted his ex, I didn't pretend to be him. I let her know I'd sneaked out to the living room with his phone. 
She replied almost immediately, thanking me and sending me laughter emojis. I hope you leave him too, she texted. Sure, I replied to her text with heart emojis. My ex woke up very late the next morning with a hangover. It was past 10 and his phone kept vibrating. I knew he was getting responses from everyone I'd sent an email to. I was kind enough to make him something for his hangover. He drank the mixture and thanked me. While he was rushing to get dressed and ready for work, I was checking around the apartment to make sure I didn't leave anything behind. As soon as he kissed me on the cheek and left for the office, I packed my stuff and called a cab. I'm sure he didn't check his messages because he was in a hurry to get to work. I can only imagine the look on his face when everyone confronted him about this email. Sadly, I didn't make any friends at the firm, or I could have asked them for full details of what went down. Nearly two hours later, my ex called me. I ignored him, so he sent a voice message begging me to come down to his office and admit to everyone that I did that and he never told me any of those things. I just laughed and blocked off his number. I know for a fact that my actions would cost him his job. Even if it didn't, he could never enjoy working there if everyone hated him. Honestly, I think somebody like that deserved it. Dude sounded like a total awful jerk. By the way, if you're enjoying stories like these, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below. That said, our final story of the day is Sister Destroys My Lego Set So I Sabotaged Her Senior Prom. I've done a lot of bad things in my day. Not because I'm a bad person, although that's up for discussion, but because it was necessary for my survival. You see, growing up, I never had any power. Not in school, not at home. I was the middle child, and as you know, there's nothing really special about the middle child. I wasn't exceptional in school either. I was just ordinary. Normally, you'd think that would make me invisible, but as a matter of fact, it didn't. I got bullied by everyone. You'd think it would stop at school, but the sad truth is that even my elder sister, let's call her M, takes... Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive & June. Olive & June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Pride in bullying me also. But as I've said before, I did a lot of bad things to ensure my survival. And the last bad thing I did to her? Whew. Well, it made her stop picking on me. 
It all started a few years ago when our parents decided that our family was too big to live in one of those cramped up apartments in the city. So during the summer, we moved to the suburbs and we had to change schools because of that. I hated this arrangement at once because I was scared and insecure. I was really introverted and I found it hard to make new friends. And while I didn't have many friends back in the city, at least people knew me and we'd come to some sort of understanding, but with this new school, there were so many variables. I wasn't looking to make any friends. The best I hoped for was to blend into the background. But what if it wouldn't work that way? What if I made a bad first impression and it stuck with me till the end of my time in school? That was my worst fear, and one thing you should know about your worst fears is that most of the time they came to pass. My sister M also had her fears about the new school. She was starting senior year, and she was one of the popular girls back in our old school, the leader of the cheerleading squad, and girlfriend to one of the hottest jocks in the lacrosse team. Unlike me, her fear was that she didn't want to be any less popular in the new school than she was in the old school. Because of this, she was willing to do anything, even sell me out to a bunch of bullies. Anyways, on our first day, I got to school a few minutes earlier than M. She didn't want us going to school together because she didn't want to be associated with a loser like me. I was wearing my favorite Star Wars top under a blue plaid short sleeve shirt, then a pair of brown cargo pants and my glasses. Typical nerd look. Some jokers spotted me from afar and started to walk up to me. I saw them coming closer and I prayed that they wouldn't come to me. I wanted to run, but I couldn't. If I did, I was setting myself up for a lifetime of bullying. They stood by my locker and just stared at me for a few seconds. I guess they were trying to see if I was bullying material. As they stared at me, I began to sweat under the cool air conditioner. They exchanged a look and laughed. Then they asked me if I had any lunch money with me. I handed it to them without a word and they went on their way. During lunch break, I went into the cafeteria to check if my sister was there. I was really hungry and I hoped that she would be sympathetic to my plight and maybe share her lunch. I found her at one of the tables and, to my surprise, she was seated with the jocks that stole my lunch money, along with some other people. I literally had to work up the courage to walk up and talk to her. One of the jocks spotted me and said something like, Hey, it's the Star Wars nerd. The others turned to me and then laughed, even my own sister. But that's not even the worst part. One of the girls in the cheerleading squad looked at me with disgust, then turned to M and said, Wait, is that your brother? M looked at me and without thought, she turned to the girl, shrugged, and said, He's adopted. What the heck? I walked away from that table in shame. I could handle bullying any time, any day, because I felt like the people that mattered to me, my family, that they would always have my back. But I was wrong. M told everyone that I was adopted, which was a lie by the way, so she could keep being on the ins with the cool kids in school. Day after day, week after week, it never got any easier. It was as though the jocks were looking for new and creative ways to bully me. One time after the gym, I went to take a shower and these crazy jocks went into my locker. They stole my underwear, my normal clothes, and my gym clothes, and then they scattered them across the hallway. I had to leave the boys' locker room with my towel to pick my clothes up from the floor. The whole school laughed at me as I walked out with a towel wrapped around my body. I had to be careful with the way I walked because I wasn't wearing any underwear under the towel. 
I picked up my clothes around the hallway and walked back into the locker room to dress up. After that, I went to the principal to report the issue. The jocks were questioned, but because I didn't see the person who stole my clothes, there wasn't much he could do. The days after that, the bullying intensified. It was as though they were trying to get revenge on me for reporting them to the principal. Anyways, I started to make some friends in school though. Some other geeks and nerds who were also getting bullied as much as I was. We kind of formed an alliance, which I was the leader of, so whenever one of us was getting bullied, the others would run to call the nearest teacher. This actually kind of worked for a while, and the bullying subsided. Then, one day, out of the blue, my sister M walked into my room and apologized for how she'd been treating me for the past few months. I was really shocked, but she was my family. All I ever wanted from her was to love and accept me, so when she came to apologize, I quickly forgave her. She started to hang out with me at home. I told my friends in the Alliance about this new development, and while they were happy for me, they told me to be careful with her. They explained that we've not been bullied for a while because we stuck together in school. Our home is very different, and we couldn't look out for each other there. One of the members of our alliance and my closest friend, Barry, was a cynic. He told me point blank that M is faking her newfound love and affection for me, and I should be prepared because she was playing a long con. I didn't believe him. I didn't want to believe him because that would just break my heart again and I didn't think I was ready for that. One day, Em came up with this grand idea. She wanted us to spend the whole weekend together and just talk and hang out. She started first, and she told me about this guy she liked, Jake, who, by the way, was one of the major jerks in the whole lacrosse team. Turns out they've been hanging out a lot, and he already asked her to be his girlfriend. I wanted to tell her that he wasn't the best fit for her, but as I said before, we were in the first legs of our newfound relationship, and I needed to tread carefully. I nodded and smiled as she talked about how she was going to say yes to him the next week, and how he was going to take her to prom, and how it was going to be perfect, because they were going to win prom king and queen. Then the conversation switched to me. There wasn't much to say because I knew that my interests and hers weren't aligned, I didn't want to talk too much about myself because I was scared of boring her. Then she asked me about my interests. She seemed genuinely interested, so why not? I took her to my room and showed her my most prized possession, my Star Wars Combo Pack Lego set, which contained a Naboo Swamp and a Gungan Sub. This was a vintage Star Wars Lego set, and it was given to me by my best friend in the city a few years back. He got it for a little over $50 at the time, but as the production of that particular set stopped, it became rare and expensive. At the time I showed it to M, it was a little over $700. And by the time of this writing, the complete set was selling for a little over $1,000. M and I sat in my room and talked while we broke down and rebuilt the set. I told her about my love for Star Wars, and I went full geek mode on her explaining why Luke Skywalker is the greatest hero ever, and why I thought Darth Vader actually deserved a second chance. Em listened to all my ramblings with rapt attention. After the weekend, I was really happy because I thought this was a new era in our relationship as brother and sister. She had actually taken the time to know me and that felt great. The next Monday, I saw Em in the hallway and I tried to talk to her, but she was back to her cold, unresponsive self. 
I merely shrugged and decided that maybe she wasn't feeling well. That day during lunch break, I sat with my friends and we just talked. Then a moment later, Jake and some of the lacrosse jocks walked up to us. Barry and some of my other friends in the alliance were ready to summon a teacher, but to my utmost shock, Jake pulled out my Gungan sub and Naboo swamp from his bag. Then he told me to tell the rest of the alliance to have their seats, which I did. I turned over to look at M, and there she was laughing hysterically at my predicament. At that moment, I felt pain like never before. Not because of the Lego set, but because I put my trust in my sister, and she betrayed me. Turns out that Barry was right after all. Jake and all of the other bullies collected all of our lunch money and told them to meet them at an abandoned warehouse after school if I wanted my Lego set back. When I got there, I got a beat down and then they set the Lego on fire. I cried my eyes out as I watched it burn and melt. There was literally nothing I could do. I got home that day and told my parents about the incident. They went to the school authorities and the jocks were given detention. M wasn't given detention because she claimed that the set was stolen from her bag. She was grounded at home for two weeks though, but I decided that two weeks of grounding wasn't enough. If she wants to ruin our relationship, well, I'll help her go all the way. I met up with my friends in the cafeteria a few weeks later, and I told them of my revenge scheme. They asked how I planned to do it, and I told them. You see, M was a chronic sleepwalker something she was very embarrassed about and only a few people knew. I could have used this information to get back at her for all the bullying, but because I felt that we were family and we shouldn't do hurtful things to each other, well, we're way past that now. At first, I wanted to spread this rumor in school to ruin her rep, but it wasn't enough. I didn't just want to ruin her rep, I wanted to ruin her life. Then, Barry suggested something. Why not do something to her? and blame it on the sleepwalking. My eyes lit up as I remembered the conversation we had at home about how the senior prom is the most important thing in her life at the moment. That's where I'm gonna hit her. In the weeks leading to the prom, Em was really stressed out. Between visiting every mall in town till she found the perfect dress, to getting her hair done, then her spa treatment, she didn't have the time to notice that I was watching her every move. When I was ready to strike, I bought a pack of sleeping pills and a new pair of scissors. A day before the prom, we were supposed to have a family dinner. I made sure to help out in the kitchen that day so I could have access to M's food. We were having pasta and meatballs, so there was no way I could spike her food with the sleeping pills. So I decided to spike the orange juice instead. Unfortunately, this meant that my mom and my younger brother Kelvin will be affected. Well, it was only sleeping pills. They'd sleep like a log through the night, but they'd be fine. I spiked the drink and watched with delight as M drank two whole cups of juice. A few hours later, I walked by her door and knocked. She didn't answer. The pill had already taken effect. I hurried back to my room and took the pair of scissors, then went back into M's room. I started with her prom dress. I sliced it into shreds and returned it to her closet, but it wasn't enough. She could easily get a last minute dress at the mall. So I decided to shred something she won't be getting at the last minute, her hair. That long, straight, platinum blonde hair she was so proud of. I snipped and shredded one part of her hair till her scalp was visible. Then I shredded a part of the other side. When I was satisfied, I put the scissors in her hands, then went back to sleep. The next day, 
It was her screams that woke me up. I joined my parents as they hurried into her room, and the sight was one to behold. Em was crying and rolling on the floor as she looked in the mirror. Then she pointed her finger at me, telling them I did it because she stole my Lego set. I promptly denied it. My parents didn't believe her because they knew of her sleepwalking and they found the scissors in her room. And so, M couldn't go to her prom. She cried for the whole day in her room while I laughed in mine. We still don't talk till today, but who cares? She's too scared to bully me now, and that's good enough for me. I've never really been big on the idea of mutilating somebody's hair as a form of revenge against them. I just think it's one of those lines you really shouldn't cross. But considering what they did to OP, it's hard to blame OP for any of it. I mean, after everything that they've done to OP, all the bullying and torturing and beatdowns, when OP decides to go for the scissors, you're kind of just glad that they stopped at just cutting her hair. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 